Welcome back, pop culture theologians. It's been, well, three episodes precisely, and probably by the time you're watching or listening to this, uh, four, but we have a super jumbo-sized episode today uh, to ensure that you're not only caught up with all of the tea and shade going on in Westeros, because there's a lot of shit going on, but... You're also there, maybe hopefully able to see the last episode because I had to squint through the whole one. But we're going to get there. Um, really excited because we have a special guest today. I'll be introducing him in just a second. Um, he's quite the viral sensation on TikTok. More on that in the coming minutes. But we want to make sure we're wishing Marcy well wishes. She had a medical procedure and she wishes she was on here. But she'll be back soon. We promise. Thank you for all the love that you've been sending her. Um, but without further ado, it's an honor, a privilege. Get ready, buckle up, start your engines. I don't know what 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 gay uh, <laughs> acronym should be used, but I'm really excited to welcome my good friend, friend of House of Dragons, Jacob Howdegi, to the pod. Hi, Jacob. Hi, John. Thank you for having me. So, Jacob, you're TikTok famous. Uh, mm, I mean, having one or two TikToks blow up is, you know, it's that's subjective. I, I wouldn't say I'm TikTok famous. I would say I've, you know, dabbled. You've dabbled on the talks and, you know, but you've really, and I didn't know this about you, but I didn't know you were like a huge House of Dragon fan until we started talking about it. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, Game of Thrones in general, I really love fantasy. Um sci-fi i am a huge just nerd in general um don't don't get me started i mean we could talk about atlander for like ages but we want we shan't (laughs) we shan't (laughs) marcy and i have always been like tempted but we've decided not to do it uh to do an outlander season and there's so many and the it's going to be the same thing that like happens with game of thrones i feel like they're going to end the show before they end like the series i don't know I know you love Outlander because we've been trying and this next season, I promise we will watch it together and we will drink whiskey (laughs) and we will sit there and fan ourselves as the shit goes down. Um, (laughs) But in terms of Game of Thrones world, did you like watch it when it was live or did you come to it like after? Um, So I started, I think I started watching, um, when the red wedding happened so like season three i just like binged the first three seasons watching it on a laptop and then uh my family just hears me like gasping and like reacting and then also lying to my sister because we were i had convinced her let's watch this together so i had to pretend i had not watched any of the first three seasons even though i had binged it already secretly so yeah and then after there it was just like every sunday it was an event now. Up until the dismal last season. <laughs> okay, so spoiler alert. Yeah, I don't know if you might not have listened to all of our episodes because we almost have a hundred. But um, Marcy and I are quite famous for hating on um, the last season of Game of Thrones, particularly what they did to our sweet Daenerys. Um, are you in the same camp? Like, where are you at with the final season? Oh, absolutely! It was absolute garbage. Um, I have my own beef with uh, DB and David. Uh, the creators of game of thrones because i feel they are not we need to stop giving mediocre white men or mediocre men in general mediocre people because olivia wilde's also in that but 
different conversation. Um, <laughs> we need to stop giving them it. projects and franchises because they keep ruining them. I mean, J.J. Abrams, the creators of Game of Thrones, we can go on forever. And yeah, yeah. It's just kind of like one of those things where you look at the last season and you're just like, okay, there are some things about it I will accept and some really great episodes, but then Absolutely. the red herrings, which I actually don't think it is. I think the show just totally screwed the author because we all know the book's never going to come out, but mm-hmm. I just rewatched the whole series when I had COVID. And I think mm-hmm. you remember when I had COVID because mm-hmm, we got COVID I... together. Yeah. <laughs> and I may or may from. not have. Yeah, exactly. It was not me. No, it was his name is Jared. It's all his fault. Um, he gave everyone COVID. Um, yeah. But I do say when people are like, how did COVID make you feel? I said it went through me like the red wedding. And then <laughs> if people get that reference, they get it. If they don't, <laughs> well, you have a lot to catch up on. Um, okay, so Marcy and I always start off the pod by kind of doing this thing called happy crappy. Usually in earlier seasons, it was what the is going on in the world and we would pick a couple of things but the world is literally on on dragon fire right now um so we are trying to choose like happy crappy so like what's one happy thing that's going on in your life or maybe the world and what's one crappy thing going on in your life uh (laughs) or the world and you have to choose one okay i will am i going first you're going first i i mean ladies first okay so um (laughs) You're waiting I think for me. One, yeah, exactly. One crappy thing. Um, right now, I just got my electric bill for, uh, for the last two months. And, you know, the AC has been running. So that was one crappy thing to open up today. Um, one happy thing is that I'm finally featured on a podcast. So being here today is my happy. Look at this. We're making dream comes come true we're making it all happen i too got my electric bill i get it every month so Mm. show me your electric plan i would love to see that um and (laughs) i i just went and i had one of my friends i said just go hit pay now i don't want to see what it is because yes listeners we are in a climate crisis and everything that's going on in the world is literally on fire and it's ridiculously hot and it's crazy my happy is I got boosted in one arm and flu shotted in the other arm. And I didn't have the like reactions that everyone has been like telling me they've had. So I'm super Same. happy there. Right. I have to get the second monkeypox shot. And I've been really hesitant because I don't want it on my arm and the people at the county keep telling me that like um they're gonna hopefully bring back the one that shots under the arm we'll see I'm gonna do it by the end of next week if not so I can finally finish that but there have been so many vaccines scourging through my body I I just really don't know what to do I I was fortunate enough to get the first full load in the you know the back of the arm and and then I got the one fifth in the thing and the reaction. Ugh. I did the same thing in the back of the arm and it was fine. Yeah. I, I'm fine. I, I mean, vaccines work. They're effective. They're safe. You should all get vaccinated. This is your um, friendly reminder to do so. But like, I just don't want it in my arm. Cause I like have this thing where I look at things and I'm like, then I automatically think I'm dying, but 
that's a different podcast, to say, <laughs> to say the least. Um, okay, listeners, so we've got a lot of ground to cover. We're going to do three episodes, five, six, and seven, um, to bring us all up to speed for uh, the forthcoming eighth episode. So if you're listening to this, we'll be back after that. Um, but Jacob, are you ready to break down all of this insanity? Oh, I'm so ready. Okay, let's go. Okay, so episode five is called We Light the Way. And it really, you know, I had to have like a small little funeral uh, for people knowing that was kind of like their last episode with us. But boy, did they like bring home the gold. They brought yeah. <laughs> they brought home something to say the least. This was a doozy. It, it really was. And we have gay drama. We have a royal wedding. We have some we have some queer lovemaking, a lot of shade and, you know, one new dragon. Cool. Um, and it's literally like they're just sending us off with all the amazing stuff. Yeah. So we open at the veil, which is never a good sign for anyone because no one wants to go there, including Damon. And he's there and he has to meet his wife, Lady Ray Royce, um, who he's technically married to. Yes, he does have a wife, listeners. Um, and neither of them are fairly happy about it. And she's out riding, living her best, like, I don't know, tomboy life. I, I want to say they're queer coding her a little bit because it's giving very much, you know, she is outdoorsy. She is hunting. She she's capable. She she knows how to gay. hang. She knows how to hang pictures on walls and everything. <laughs> exactly, exactly. She's not yeah. afraid to stand up to him. No, she isn't. And she's literally like, "What the f- are you doing?" <laughs> she is Absolutely. so mad. He's, and then after <laughs> after providing too much shade. Um, well, she comes upon Damon uh, looking for all in the world in his pointy Robin Hood hood and <laughs> says some not kind stuff, but I'm guessing they're not too friendly with each other. And she falls off of her horse because he does something to her. Um, and then she's broken her arm and she can't do anything. And Damon comes up after he was about to walk away because he said she couldn't finish the job, just like everything else. And so she's definitely sticking the pointy end in a little bit deeper. And that's a wrap for her because he walks back. The idea is that he's pounded her skull in. You don't see it. It's not confirmed until later. But yes, uh, she is no longer with us. And she has gone. Tragic riding accident. And, you know, I want to say, looking at the scene too, I, I think she was probably paralyzed. So defenseless. Um, And I love that the creators mentioned that he was probably going to walk away until she goaded him into killing her. Yeah, I mean, it was really one of those, like, she had it coming things. Now, like, he definitely knew what he wanted to do because he didn't want to be there anymore, but she didn't help the situation. Murder is never called for. But in the Game of Thrones world, well, don't piss off an unstable power hungry Targaryen mm-hmm. who does not want to be in the veil but yeah, nevertheless a product of incest. <laughs> yes never never piss off a product of incest uh, um, but then we come about Rhaenyra Christian and the king and his new hand Lauren Lionel Strong they're sailing through the stormy seas of Blackwater to the island of Driftmark um, which is a seat of House Valerian um, and this is one of the first opportunities in the show to direct our attention um, 
to what? Sh how should we say the king's um, poor health? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I have you guys talked about how the reasons for his health and kind of like the irony yeah. and the, he's got the, he's got the tetanus. He's got the tetanus. Yeah. From the 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 sitting on the fucking throne made out of swords is literally killing him. And yeah. like, oh, so beautiful. It's it's the irony is not lost on any of us. But yes, we're all saying uh, this is tetanus. This is tetanus. And what a horrible way to go because his whole body is coming apart. Um, and it's it's not good. No, he's slowly becoming Gollum. Yeah, he really is. And he's losing all of his hair and it is his gaunt. But uh, anyways, um, but the king's old hand, Otto Hightower, um, and the last episode has been fired. You fired um, from your job. Um, and he's leaving the Red Keep. And when he's confused uh, and confronted by his daughter, the queen, and what is really starting off to be what we see in the transition in this episode of her being scared and filled with regret and not knowing what to do. Otto really warns her that saying like, if you don't and get your sh together right now, Alicent. Like your sons are going to be eaten alive by Rhaenyra when she inherits the, the Iron Throne. So nothing's going to protect you. You should know that now, and you need to eliminate and make sure your people are out there, specifically Aegon and his siblings, holding yeah. your own. Absolutely. I mean, th this is. I feel like the what house of dragons is doing really well that i love is that we're seeing instead of the the switch with uh daenerys where she just became like this crazy mad you know targaryen we're seeing alicent's descent into not madness but i think you know this dark place where she's gonna reside her best and this cersei. is such a good yeah oh well i don't want to compare cersei because cersei was like a different beast she yes. cersei was a little smarter <laughs> cersei was probably one of the Cersei was probably the smartest character in Game of Thrones. I loved her. She was yeah. she was my queen, my lion. Um, and <laughs> honestly, I was I was looking forward to her. But yeah, they do what they what they're doing in this show with Alicent is like a little bit of paranoia, but a little bit of like family takes care of their own and like yeah. truly what is the chess piece of the Game of Thrones, yeah. right? Like oh, you yeah. do know. And absolutely with, with Daenerys. They just were like, "Oh, she's crazy now." Yeah, and Hi. you're like, "She's crazy." Like, and hey. and and I also feel like we're getting a really great um, showing of this inter intergenerational trauma that Otto is like passing on to Allison, and then you know Allison is going to pass on to her sons because the machinations are just something that are hereditary for the High Towers. It seems. Yeah, yeah, you're kind of like with Allison, you're. You feel for her in a way because she's been left all alone and she's living mm -hmm. this life that she doesn't really want. Like she didn't want to get married to him. She's been used as a yeah. tool from by yeah. her family. But now she's like benefiting from this. Like she is Maybe. still the queen. It, I feel like Tyra in that whole scene where we're like, we were all rooting for you. We really were. Come on, Allison. You could have had it all. Uh, um, but nevertheless, we go back to Driftmark. The king arrives at high tide. No one is there, by the way. So he's not getting his royal welcome. And it definitely doesn't suit him very well. But then he goes back out and he is eventually called into the hall. Um, and it's lined with, you know, pomp and circumstance. And he's wondering why he's being called. 
the hall of one, then the hall of two. And he's like this old man and <laughs> he's looks horrible. Um, but he's greeted by Corliss who steps off yes. the driftwood throne um, to bend the knee. He pays respects. Um, and he's decorated it. If you kind of catch with the mask of the crab feeder um, and like, really pushing like that he is this person that stepped in at a time when the realm needed him the most um lady Rhaenyra's uh arrives and she greets her cousin um because uh, she's a proper lady um Lenor. um and she just takes a mire to a minute you know to sit there and really just soak in the scene with her because she's such a great actress but um Absolutely. she literally looks at him when she's like how you doing he's like i'm fine and she's like girl you are not fine you are mm-hmm. sick as shit. Um, and he's informed of Lady Rira's surprising death. And given how good of a writer she was, they have some small talk. Um, but essentially, the, everyone knows what happened. But then back to business. The king is there for a reason. And he's there to propose that Rhaenyra weds Sir Leonor. And tells him that their firstborn, whether male or female, were, will inherit the Iron Throne progressive much i mean he is like super pro-choice in this (laughs) um but he's essentially sitting there saying like i should have done this a while ago i'm making up for it and they immediately immediately realize like oh shit we actually have some leverage here and they ask whether or not in keeping the westerosi custom they're going to be named valerion and Mm -hmm. the king is pissed and musters up as much strength as he could. Um, and he says, no, they're going to have the last name Targaryen because that's who's seated on the iron throne. They're going to keep it that way. Um, yeah. But in all good ways, their heir will be born of Valerian, but we'll assume the name Wait. Targaryen upon coronation. Which I love because it's based in history. I mean, with queen Elizabeth II, when she married Prince Philip, they would have taken his last name, Mountain Ben, but through Royal decree, they kept Windsor. So you get a little bit of real life historical and, events embedded into Game of Thrones again. And you know why they did that after they kept the name Windsor from the when her father oh, was named Windsor. Yeah, because of all the German sounding last names, they didn't want to have yeah. it sound like that. So they changed their family name to Windsor. So that way it could happen um, and stay that way. But yes, yeah. you're very right. And how shocking that that same thing happens in the show. Um, or if you're watching The Crown, of course, but then that same actor, Matt Smith, is in lovely house of dragons um exactly right but we return back to the godswood at the red keep um queen allison runs into the creepiest man of them all um larry strong i know i hate this man yeah he's like a fuck boy that you're like just get out hide your drink girl hide your hide your drink Mm -mm. (laughs) hide your drink hide your wives hide your kids because this man is crazy um but he is like this really slithery character and he starts tossing out all these dark hints, uh, you know, in yeah. her plan BT, her plan. He's like, well, you know, like, you know, she was lying to you, girl. And he learns that the tea, uh, Queen Allison learns of the tea from the Grand yeah. Maester that we saw in the episode. Um, yeah was there for a reason and they walk along um, and they're like, Oh shit. And her whole mood changes. But then we go back to Rhaenyra and Leonor walking along the beach. And this is like, so <laughs> I had this like reminiscent life of like my own life when you're like, uh, I have to marry you, but I'm queer. And so it's literally <laughs> not going to work out. 
And they're like it's a Westerosi beard. Yeah, that's it. He he gets a Westerosi beard. She gets the king. She gets what she needs. And they're like, hey, go do whatever you got to do. Like, we're going to be fine. They're both down with it. And so they're all ready. They're game with it. And they're happy. And Rhaenyra's, uh, you know, when we go back and we see really what's going down here, everyone kind of knows about this. So it's fascinating. Um, but they still just don't talk about it, which kind of shows the different types of customs that we all see happening, especially in marriage. But we go back to the Driftwood Throne. Renary's notes that the king is resting before shipping back out. And his visit is clearly like, oh, shit, I'm screwed. And they're suggesting and they all know that their son is a homo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're essentially saying, it, it don't was, worry. Yes, exactly. Well, like, if it wasn't worry. enough. Yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't like really dug in enough. They're like, but like, you know, have no fear. Like once, you know, all these people are older, we can just like come in and take it all over. But, you know, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I love Princess Rainisi's, uh pants uh, that make an appearance. Like we need more pants for our girl bosses in the Seven Kingdoms. Who doesn't love a pantsuit? Absolutely. 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 Right? So we have a quick scene with Leonor and his and his lover, his his lover, uh, Sir Joffrey. Um, you know. Uh, Actually, before we move on, I do want to just make a quick note that the the uh, the 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 allegory of um, Miss Princess Rhaenys wearing a pantsuit and having you know been Hillary Clinton herself losing out on the throne to I mean, a dumb man i mean i mean a, a man More who history. doesn't real she would have known she had tetanus yeah she, she would have been like I'm, she, she would have used a cushion she would have used a cushion yeah, exactly stupid. i mean seriously it's insane it's just it's absolutely crazy but we we all feel bad because we see the gay love scene that's never going to happen but they're going to come off together um and that you know everyone has a side piece and he kind of tells him this and so it's yeah. something that happens later on on the voyage back home christian cole um everyone the worst fuck boy you could ever have imagined uh, this worst. is when i i really stopped being into him was at this point where like oh you're disgusting i, I was i'm still a little into him but it's like i don't know i think that it's more like deep-seated psychological issues on my end than like yeah. on anyone else um but <laughs> that's she's, a problem for your therapist <laughs> that's a problem for my therapist um but what we really see is her say to him hey like you know like we have an agreement like you're just gonna be my fuck boy and he's like what and he's so mad <laughs> because he literally he gave her the card. Like, he's like, you know, I'm not supposed to sleep with anyone. Right. Like I gave you the thing that like, <laughs> I have no, oh, I'm sorry. Anymore. I know it's like, Ooh, poor boy. Um, yeah. And so he gets really pissed and I've soiled my white cloak, my name, the only thing I have. Um, but anyways, so they return the 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 caucasity of it all. The egg, exactly. Uh, although I did, I for a second I thought he was Latino because you know my um, he looked very brown to me, but he was he's not. He's very white. He's from the UK and of European descent. Yeah, he he definitely um, has some issues, but we'll go from there. Viserys collapses again. Girl is sick, either back at the Red Keep. Um, and what we're seeing really is them try to start figuring out what needs to happen. Um, but 
ultimately here we go back down and we're seeing um we're seeing not only the families come together for this really soon to be screwed up wedding um but we're really seeing uh a a, a couple of chess pieces being put on the board for us to then completely throw them out because all new characters come in in the next episode um but we come out we go through some random gobbledygook, but ultimately we have a new dragon um, that belongs to Queen Rainies, uh, who's fabulous, uh, Maylis. Um, and what we ultimately see here is um, the welcome reception for the team, uh, the gay son's family <laughs> comes on in um, exactly. and they're there to pay their respects. Um, and we see all of this random you know, pleasantries. And if you know Game of Thrones world lore, like, you know, nothing good happens at a wedding. Never. No. no. Ever. And so ultimately the Valerians arrive, they're followed by Damon. Um, and, you know, Viserys uh, isn't too happy, um, but he makes room for his brother at the head of the table nonetheless. And Viserys coughs a lot. Because he's dying, um, and he stands up to <laughs> slowly, give a very slowly. This, you know, they really dragged out the dying over many years. Yeah, this man's not going to die. I think this man dies in episode nine. I think that, it's, like with Game of Thrones tradition, episode nine is the like holy shit episode, mm-hmm. and shit's going to go down. We'll see because we've got a lot. We've got, I think, three more episodes to cover. Um, well, it's yeah. episode eight, nine, and ten. So we'll go from there. But remember, what we have here now um, is that we start seeing the blacks and the greens facing off Mm -hmm. and where we last left her after realizing that her best friend was a hoe um and lied to her on her mother's grave and she's yeah i mean unapologetically like she didn't did she lie though she she didn't have sex with her uncle that is true that is true so she did not sleep with damon but she did get her love on with someone else um and queen allison arrives the hall is packed and everyone glances at the queen that is and like with the strongs they're reminded um like with laris whispering in the ear of his brother that when the people start declaring war and they start to call their banners the The beacon atop of hightower turns green and she's wearing a fabulous green dress um and she takes her seat it was like emerald so bright it was so bright it was fabulous everyone stood up for her but (laughs) the service but Mm. it's so great um and then we start damon damon i'm sorry not damon can you imagine if her husband didn't stand she'd be so mad but maybe because he doesn't have a leg too many names and they all sound the same (laughs) i know but women are really the central point here and it's pretty fabulous so we get along to what we are ultimately seeing is a dance a kiki they're all going around um people start clocking and understanding who is who and what is what um and we see um, a couple of side stories get wrapped up. We see Sir Gerald Royce accuse Damon of murdering his cousin. Um, and Damon's like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear about that. I loved her. Yeah. But then he's like, by the and way. he's like, what are you going to do about it, bitch? He's like, what are you going to do about it? Also, I'm your commander now. So fuck off. Um, and then uh, what we ultimately see is Lena go up to Damon and sort of, you know, make small mm-hmm. talk. 
Um, we have Joffrey hoping to score the title of drama queen of Westeros and tells Christian, and this is where all the fun starts, that he knows about him and Rhaenyra. <sighs> Gays, I tell you, man. Yeah, but you know, my, my beef with this whole scene, though, is like, Game of Thrones already has a very bad record with portrayal of gay characters. And once again, we are burying the gays. We are not only burying the gays, but like the the, the reaction. Kristen, I, I get it. You know, he was at his breaking point. He was towed along by Miss Rhaenyra. And hey, who would it be? She's fantastic. But mm. he's tired of being used. He's tired of being a little puppet. And then, for of course, the gay gets under his skin because you know we That's know what how we to, do best. We do, yeah, babe, we use that trauma. Um, and then just he hounds the fuck out of him. I mean, it was a throwback to us losing the Prince of Dorne, and uh, our beautiful boy Joffrey is he's he's dead. Poor he's dead. Joffrey. I mean, Christian goes berserk, literally oh. beats the living crap out of him. Just happens. And the wedding <laughs> is over. Leonor weeps, so everyone realizes who his actual love is. And then ultimately what we see is them now be forced to get married right then and there um, yeah. in the bloody, messy hall. Um, and then Viserys <laughs> collapses at the end of the wedding, of which course. is, of course. In the fashion. But the best like make piece, this about you, Viserys. <laughs> yeah, can we like make this more about me, the king? Like, what's all my fault? <laughs> but in the best piece of like Machiavellian, like, like foolishness or scheming, we see Christian head to the godswood to r- yeah. really fall upon a sword, but he's stopped by Queen Alicent, and they have this look with each other, and it's like you're mine now. Yeah, yeah. If you're you're done being manipulated by Rainer up, it's night. And, and it's time to I, get I, revenge. I do want to say though, he really dragged out this like ceremony of you know uh, dying by suicide, which again, it, you know, not great. But he really takes his time and is just like waiting for someone to stop him. It's and like then it such a drama queen. Yes, we get a girl. <laughs> yeah, we get a girl, and that's the end of the episode. And. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. So how did you feel leaving our old friends behind? Uh, so sad. I really loved young Renara, Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra? Rhaenyra. That's her name. Um, Millie, I think, is her name. She and Allison had fan- different friends in real life now. And they have fantastic, fantastic um, chemistry. Um, but at the same time, I do love our NB sovereign emma darcy as the new reynaro you know a non-binary actor who is killing is gonna kill it i mean we're gonna talk about it right now but yeah i was sad about the the actors changing but also happy because i i feel like no you know we're we're building up to the the actual war and this is context of course but we we need the jump we need the time jump and that's fine I'm glad we got five episodes with them. And I don't think this will be the last that we see of them. Game of Thrones can kind of bring them along oh, yeah. in a way. But we, we, we love a good flashback. We love a good flashback. It's amazing. Um, so then we move on to episode six titled The Princess and the Queen. Hello, new actors. Literally yes. right away. And we're in full on birth chamber, you know, oh time. Back to episode one. <laughs> Back to episode one. Um, and 
Rhaenyra's having her third child. Um, they're all boys. And she mm-hmm. is like, ugh. And it's insane. But then all three of her kids have what, Jacob? Brown hair. They're plain looking. Hmm. Something tells me that her husband and her aren't having a good time in the bedchamber. They are not engaging in royal duties. They're not engaging in royal duties. In walks Leonor. He doesn't seem to be too minded. Um, And he and her are automatically uh, strung and have to wrap themselves up and head over to Queen Alicent because she wants to see the child right away. Um, I love the hats that the maids wear, first of all. They're so funny. Like... It looks like a giant bean just like on your head. Yeah. I mean, it's, I will just say the costumes in the show, the is oh, are just yes. f- fantastic. Um, Some of the we, wigs are bad though. Like we can oh, all the, agree. The like, wigs are all the wigs horrible. Are like terrible. just like some of those poor people like mm-hmm. those wigs mm-hmm. are just horrific not one person of color on the wig team <laughs> yeah it's like yeah i would love to see their wig team like is this all white people like from like nordic Absolutely. descent yeah it totally has <laughs> to be um so adult allison has requested to see uh the child queen allison um she's a shady bitch and we love it um and she greets her um calls to everyone's attention the name uh they named the child Joffrey, which is always of course fascinating. Um, yeah. and well, that's that was the his lover's name that that got his head bashed in. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because Rhaenyra's like, "Oh, you didn't want to consult me first? And he's like, "Why not? Why wouldn't we do it?" Um, but <laughs> ultimately, um, the queen knows, and she's like, "Try better next time. Keep going. It's going to yeah. be okay. Um, you know, it's not. But these aren't your children." <laughs> maybe the next one will be yours, babe. It's okay. Yeah, maybe. Um, we then see the king continue to be sickly and frail. Shocker. Um, but then <laughs> we go to the dragon pit. And that's the thing that like I'm always looking forward to in these shows are the dragons. Because yeah. I think they're amazing. Um, but this is where Jace and Luke, um, uh, Rhaenyra's children, along with Aegon and Aemond, Alicent and the king's children, um, are dressed and they're essentially doing um, LARPing, uh, what I call how to train your dragon. Um, but it's a little bit more uh, R rated. Um, but specifically, young Jace is learning to control his dragon. Um, and we're seeing multiple yeah. people. Um, Aegon's, Aegon's dragon, Sunfire, gets a passing mention. mention. We don't see them yet. Um, but ultimately, we see a lot of tension between the kids um, because they're not carrying the same type of genes in a way, maybe. And dragons have been known to really tie into what's going on, but mm-hmm. they're able to command the dragons nevertheless. And Jace, Luke, and Aegon are mean, and they play a little trick on Aemond, um, who doesn't yeah. have a dragon of his own, more on that later, and they dress up a pig, um, and they piss him off, and ultimately they leave. Aemon goes down into the bowels of the dragon pit, where he's confronted by a dragon who nearly sets him on fire, but 
the funny thing that I realized that this dragon is the dragon that produced the three petrified eggs that were given to Daenerys later on in the se- in Game of Thrones. Mm, I did not know that. That's yes, such so an interesting fact. You're welcome. You're welcome. I saw that on the internets and everything you read on the internet is true, obviously. Absolutely. And so, yes, I know immediately. Um, so then we come in and the children are fighting because what we see in the first episode is about the children and the fights that are happening mm-hmm. there is happening here with the older crowd Absolutely. about being with the children. And children are the worst. Because why? Intergenerational trauma. Intergenerational trauma. Jesus. You yeah. know, usually and we it- talk about religion on the show causing intergenerational trauma, but it's really the parents doing it. Yeah. Yeah, they really fuck up these kids, just like, you know, we've been fucked up. (laughs) Yeah, we see Allison talking to her daughter, um, Helena, and she's doing stuff with bugs. It's really creepy. Um, And she's clearly bored, but she realizes that uh, if you listen to her, what happens in the next episode is there, as she prophesies, Mm -hmm. the last ring has no legs at all, and he'll have to close an eye queuing forward to the next episode. But Allison berates Eamon for going down to the dragon pit and assuring him that he'll get a dragon one day um, as that, as his creepy sister recites <laughs> the prophecy that's not really a prophecy. Um, Viserys is working on his Lego sets um, and his models, whatever he's doing. And Allison complains to him about Jace and Luke and wonders why their dragon eggs have, haven't hatched at all. And you know, the king is very blind to a lot of stuff and he doesn't want to believe. Uh, bless uh, his heart. Yeah, it's like right in front of you, buddy, but whatever. And so we cut to Allison repeating her allegations to Christian Cole, who compares Rhaenyra to a spider who sucks her prey dry. He's clearly yeah. not over it. Um, Christian also- is like such a, he really is like such a little bitch. He, he can't is. get over his bullshit. Like, we get it. She broke your heart. Yeah, but move on. Don't hold. It's been 10 years, babe. Let it go. The dick wasn't that good. No. I mean, no. they look like they had some pretty good sex, but let's be real. Like, come on. Right. Be, be fucking for real. Yes. Are we allowed to cuss? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We're definitely allowed to cuss on this on this podcast. Okay, perfect. Um, we oversee um, some masturbation. It's a little creepy. Uh, oh my queen. god yeah the queen and, and did you notice the locale too that this yes. is the same window where tommen jumps out of yeah uh, Aegon, after the, yeah after the boom the green of folks. yes and, yeah, yeah. And game yeah. Of Thrones. after the boom the queen confronts him and essentially says you have to protect your brother and if you don't protect your brother like you're all gonna get screwed and this is where we're seeing her really kind of be a yeah. very different person um so we moved to and- yeah and and I also I really what I love about this scene is that it really just like showcases how she has become her father and is passing on the trauma to her children. She doesn't respect their boundaries, just goes into the room without even considering her, just like her dad did in the previous episode, and starts berating and like, you need to focus, like you're you're you're, you're you should be king and really fucking up her children. I mean, it's just so it's sad to watch, but we know it's going to make for great television. It's it's great television. We love a traumatic scene because who doesn't love masturbating and then having your mom walk in on you of and course. not care that you're masturbating, but then proceed <laughs> yeah. to choke you essentially. And berating you. Yeah. And berate you. <laughs> um, well, then we go over to everyone's favorite city, 
Pentos, Pentos, um, and across the ocean from King's Landing, um, and above a mansion where we see uh, everyone there: Damon Targaryen, his dragon, and they're all just flying above, having a great time. But then ultimately, we see the dragon, one of the largest dragons, Vagar, ridden by his Vega. wife, Lena. Oh my gosh, she's this actress is fucking gorgeous. She's gorgeous. So beautiful. Lena is stunning and she's riding the largest dragon out there currently, which plays into a little bit more what happens next episode. But when we think about the world of the dragons, ultimately, um, Vagar is seen to be um, not as big as Valerian the Dread, but was nearly mm-hmm. as big. So you can see imagining how much wow. power they actually have. Um, and so ultimately, um, we see them having a great old time. Um, but then we arrive at a, a lavish dinner and the Prince of Pentos um, offers Dana and Lena and their twin daughters, Bela and Reina, Raina, to live in a mansion that they're there. It's the best Airbnb deal you could probably get. <laughs> um, and, you know, if they're helping, if they'll help exchange defending Pentos with their dragons, should the Triarchy try to conquer it? Because the Triarchy is back and they're working with Dorn and all the drama is happening like everything else because it's the Game of Thrones. Yeah. And obviously, screen explanation. Yes. Obviously, Damon loves this idea, but Lena hates it. And she wants to go home. She's like, I would like to go home to Driftmark. And yeah. Damon considers the offer. And he evidently is kind of done with the scheming in a way. And he fancies himself in a, in a I think, a different understanding of his character. Um, but he's really tempted by this, this action. Of course. Of course. Who wouldn't be? Who wouldn't want to like live in like a beachside yeah. villa for the rest of fuck around and just chill in the fucking tropics or the mediterranean yeah we're it's very like mediterranean vibes yeah well back in king's landing we come into the weirdest most fucked up game of like maury i've ever seen and essentially <laughs> we have uh christian cole training the younger children and he's obviously favoring Aegon and Aemon and treating Jason Luke like little pieces of crap because he knows that they're not actually Targaryens. And then yeah. when this proceeds to happen, we see Lord Harwin um, give Cole um, a small little taste of his medicine um, that we saw Cole give to Sir Joffrey years before. But we then see back in King's Landing, Christian Cole training the little twerps. They're getting yeah. into a fight. He's obviously favoring the true Targaryens over the ones that aren't. And Lord Harwin shows up, captain of the King's Watch. And actually what ends up happening is he and Christian start fighting with each other because they're actually fighting over the thing that he didn't have. Um, But now Harwin seems to have had at least three times. Uh, Everyone is projecting in this fucking kingdom. Like we need a Westerosi therapist to just, really heal everybody here we need we need westerosi family targaryen therapy i think that we could have uh, really stopped this war and they would have still been in we, power maybe we we need andy cohen of westeros we need yeah. him to have a reunion episode where everyone just we need the real out. targaryens of westeros um <laughs> so Ultimately, what's been said out loud is that these kids are not actually Targaryens. And that's a big, big problem. And Harwin attacked the Kingsguard 
captain, and there's a lot of drama well, to play. They are real Targaryens. They're just bastards by yeah by Valer. They're not Valerian. They're not they're they're not full blood Targaryens. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah that's why the targaryens sleep with each other to keep their blood pure and this is where we have the blood purity stuff causing a lot of drama um but we ultimately see how rhaenyra learn of this and she goes to her bedchamber um and is eavesdropping on lionel strong berating his son for opening up his family and their house to a lot of vile accusations and we see uh everyone know the best worst kept secret in all of westeros and yeah, but anyways, back in the bedchamber, a drunken Leonor stumbles in with his new boyfriend. We love it. Um, and <laughs> declares that its aim is to return to the sea and fight the triarchy who have been started to making trouble in the stepstones again. And knowing how vulnerable Harwin's actions have made her, she forbids Leonor from leaving her side. And we learn that Leonor knows exactly who the real kid's father are, even though Renee oh, keeps yeah. lying to him. And, you know, she doesn't really come off as the biggest LGBTQ ally in the scene, but she makes up for it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll get to that later. We'll get back to that. (laughs) Back in Pentos, Lena is visiting with her daughters um, who still have a dragon egg that hasn't hatched. And we get a little bit of business between the bonding of a dragon at the birth, which has always been kind of alluded to in the previous show. and wondering why they haven't done it. But then Lena found Rhaegar and, you know, all this dragon lore. Um, mm-hmm. We get a glimpse into their relationship, which actually, while it's not great, they have this respect for each other that I actually kind of re- saw as like maybe a more healthy relationship. Yeah. <laughs> the healthier relationships. I mean, at least they uh, talk and they've procreated. They've procreated. They've talked. Two positives. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So we go back to King's Landing. We're at the small council. Rhaenyra and Allison are tanging over matters of the state. Um, And then she says and acknowledges the strain between them. Yes. And I love this scene, too, because we not only we start out the season with no women on the council, She's allowed to be the cupbearer, and now her and Allison have seats at the table. Okay. Yeah, I don't get why Progress. the queen has a seat at the table. That's always the interesting part to me, but maybe it's a different world. Maybe this Thirsty is like pre- weasels are way into being king, queen of regents. So. <laughs> this is pre June 2022 when women had rights to bodily yeah. autonomy, and now they're in West Rossi. I don't think we can say that uh, the Seven Kingdoms have a uh, very rigid. A constitution or roles they kind of just Make roll with up. the punches yeah. you know just improv just like with Rhaenyra and she acknowledges that her and Allison are strained but then she wants to marry mm-hmm. their son Jaceres to their daughter Helena and she does not like this idea in any way shape or form but the king loves it loves it of and course he just he goes gaga over it we get a little yeah. bit of Sir Lionel Strong resigning or attempting to his hand of the king, um, but he won't say why. Um, and ultimately, Alicent cannily, you know, pleads with him to come out and say, but he refuses to. So the king insists he stays on and asks for leave to take Harwin back to the seat of House Strong, which is Heron Hall, which is apparently a haunted, cursed, and partly ruined castle, yeah. which we all see. We saw at the beginning. Um, and then we see Alicent really arrive and get really pissed off, but she's there to have a regular, what seems like a regular dinner with Solera Strong, who seems to have like been yeah. her best friend or her gay, B, her gay BFF. Uh, 
I just, yeah, she just, you, you know, you choose your company, sure, whatever, but uh, babe, th- yeah. there, there are better options out there. There are better options, but we see ultimately her say she doesn't have anyone there on her side, and he sees this as his moment to take advantage of it, and he has a job to do, and he ultimately recruits people, um, cuts out their tongues, and then sends them somewhere, but we have no idea where until a little bit later on. Back in Pentos, Lena is in labor, and we're all triggered still by episode one of Uh. this show. I know, horrible. Um, and we see ultimately um, that decisions that needed to be made were not made. And no, very different, very different from his brother, from his brother um, but sh- the child is not coming out and he refuses to make that decision. But Lena manages to get out of bed and leave all of those people behind and stumble to her dragon yeah. um, and essentially command that she be taken out. And just Ugh. as Damon steps outside to watch the whole business, Vagar sets Lena on fire the way a true dragon rider should go. Yeah. This should be uh, one instance when Republicans are like, we can't let late-term abortions have it. This is, yes, technically this one is. <laughs> this one is. And this is what we see when we're understanding that the mother's going to die and there's nothing else that they can do. But she takes matters into her own hands and yeah. finds her dragon and goes from there. Um, we go back into the Red Keep. We see a sad goodbye between Harwin and his actual sons. Um and we understand that it's a little bit more uh, nuanced, um, but they go away. They arrive back at Heron Hall, closely followed by Laris's uh, task force, um, who then lock them in the rooms and burn the whole fucking place down. Jesus Christ. That was like so abrupt. I was a little shocked. <laughs> A montage plays. Soldiers are finishing on seeing all these burnt bodies. Bela and Raina are mourning over their mother's burnt skeleton as Damon, uh, you know, utterly fails to comfort them. Viserys mourning over the wedding of his first wife, uh, wedding ring of his first wife, Ama, while we see Laris explain to Queen Alicent that this was her request. And now yeah. Otto, her father, will be reinstated as the king, at the hand of the king. Is- He's like, he's positioning himself to be the Olivia Pope of the Seven Kingdoms. And it's handled, bitch. I'm sorry. And Miss Allison. fucking handled. Oh, it's just, it, if it isn't the consequences of my own actions. If it She's isn't the consequences so of my own actions coming back to haunt me. I know Queen Allison, this is where she really takes that turn. It's kind of like she's been having, like like her husband having all the tetanus. Um, like yeah. with her, like the poison's really been drip, like dripping into her system for a while. And she's actually yep. starting to, she's starting to turn. She is. I mean, and it's not a good look. It's not a good look. And speaking of looks, episode seven, Driftmark. Yes. Your one of, was Let's this your go. favorite? Was this one of your favorite episodes? Yes. I, you know, I want to say this is my, this was my favorite just for the story. Obviously there were creative choices, which we will talk about in terms of um, the lighting. The lighting was one of them. I mean, they, we did have the uh, creator and showrunner who directed the same episode that was uh heavily criticized for game of thrones in the ninth season for being too dark though it was at the battle of winterfell yeah 
yeah he did that one too so like he has a history of you know doing this so we need to someone needs to tell him you need to stop cut it out sir you need to stop sir. Just, you need to light a candle or something yeah i had to adjust my tint and you know the coloring all the settings were just like adjust. i just sat all there the and squinted <laughs> yeah Jesus i just was like Christ. What is going on? And I have a light bar on my TV. So it like lights it up. And so uh, that helped, I will say. Yeah, yeah. But so, I, I will yeah. say we did get some fantastic scenes, some fantastic acting in this episode. So I'll let you, let's let's go through it. Because this is yeah. going to be, this is a good one. This is, this is a great one. So we open up, it's Lady Lena's funeral. The gang's all here. We're here all for a good time. Um, and everyone is there. They're all kind of sad. Everyone gets their moment to kind of stare off into the distance. Um, and it's pretty much like everyone has to be called for this. And apparently mm-hmm. this was one of their first scenes in the show that they shot. So it's really interesting to see them kind of oh. all deal with each other and kind of get to know each other a little bit more. Um, Vaymon, yeah. the king's brother, is giving the eulogy in Valerian, and he's throwing in some shade. Um, so, about, much shade. so much shade. About how Valerian blood is thicker, um, but ultimately we know why he's doing it, um, because he takes glances at Jason Luke, and everyone that is except Damon giggles because he's just the worst, because Damon has has their has his family's back no matter what oh, yeah. that's the thing about yeah. him that you're like you know i respect um the camera lingers on young Aegon. he's bored and clearly insufferable and they're trying to set him up to be like the joffrey of the series in a way where you just can't wait for him to be killed yeah he's the little shit of the series yeah yeah and then the reception um everyone's there no one is happy everyone is Girl, this party it's a really sad party and this is where we start seeing the lighting get real bad um <laughs> and we see allison her hair fluttering in the back christian cole yeah. behind her um and we really start seeing uh, a little bit more but we also then see the creepy daughter um you know playing with a oh, spider and muttering something prophetically um that yeah. something's about to be paid um but what we ultimately then come to is we understand that the Greens, um, who side with Alicent and want Aegon to be Viserys's heir, and the Blacks, who are full-born team Rhaenyra, um, we start seeing the sides really take place. And so that's yeah. ultimately where this kind of prophecy comes in. Yeah, and I, I, I love that this, one, this whole like reception is 10% dialogue, 90% staring, because it's just everyone looking at each other and so much is said i i think especially you know uh as miss allison is giving her uh her uh disgusting face at everybody but yeah it it just it's so well done there's just so much there's so much tension going on and you really see it with the looks and the conversations the the little interactions that i do i think they do a great job at, especially like when the cousins interact and are comforting Bela and other Ayla, I I forget her name. Um, it's just so well done. I I was really impressed with this. Have you read the book? I've read the first three books. Um, so I need to re-read them. So have you? This is just a single book. Have you read? Oh no, I haven't read it. I haven't read it. I haven't read it. Yeah, don't if you don't want to be surprised. Oh, I know. I I already went on. Um, oh, you googled. What do you call it? The fire and ice Mm. Wikipedia. Yeah, 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 get ready. 
This is also a friendly reminder for listeners who haven't read the book. If you Google the book, you will find out shit you do not want to know. So do not do yeah. that if you don't want to. Um, we see uh, we see Aegon get drunk and Ugo people, and he's gross. Oh Jace goes to comfort the twins, and awkwardly, all of the people realize that everyone's going to die if that means they inherit stuff. Um, but yeah. we ultimately try to see the king um, tries to, you know, bury the hatchet with his brother, um, and he kind of goes to the party, but not com- before comparing Otto to the leech on his way out because Otto is back as hand of the king. Um, we see Otto roughly. You get pissed by Aegon being passed out um, and sends him back to bed. Um, and then ultimately we see Corliss or Neres get a nice scene in which the show, uh, you know, so good. Uh, it just reestablishes them that namely, you know, Renice has had her head on straight and would have made a yes. really a great queen. She, you know, the injustice that was forced on, you know, f- forced on her and that she came up short, you know, and he's wounded too because of it's his own pride, but she doesn't care about power and that she's, no. she's just really there to do it. She just wants her kids to be safe. Yeah. She's accepted what happened. Yeah. She let it go. She let it. She went to therapy. Yeah. So yeah. Damon and Rhaenyra, uh, Rhaenyra walk on the beach. They have a beautiful night, the same beach that uh, young Leonor and Rhaenyra uh, walk back on in episode five, but they're going mm-hmm. at night and you cannot see anything, but yay incest Very. because this is where they start kind of realizing and Rhaenyra says to Damon, like, I need you. Like, I see yeah. what's coming. I need you. Yeah. And yeah, she but went. Shit went to hell when she went to you hell. Left. You abandoned me. I need you back. Um, but then we start seeing Aemond uh, sneak off and approaching a sleeping Vagar, um, who you remember was Lena's dragon, and he's the oldest yeah. and most f- fiercest. Um, and yeah, well, a female some, dragon. A I female think it's a female dragon. dragon. Yes, and yeah. there's um, or, uh, yeah, yeah, and I think dragons are gender neutral. You know what? You're right. I did. I did watch a TikTok about that, about them even being um, able to. They're like um, asexual. Yeah. And they can change genders in order to or sex in in order to um, reproduce. Yeah, definitely. Um, So there's some back and forth between them two. They have a nice little meet and greet, a meet cute. um, But ultimately, she takes off and tests his dragon writing skills as he gets on her. And he's definitely up to the task. And we see then Eamon come in for a landing on the Driftmark balcony. Um, and that really hosts a horrible reception when he's confronted by all of his fellow cousins and Jace, Luke, plus Bela and Reyna um, all get into a huge fight because Reyna's angry because obviously Vagar should have gone to her. Remember the yeah. issues that she's been having. And what follows is what we see is the prophecy as they all get into a fight and Jace uh, responds um, in dutiful action um, with a dagger slicing through Aemon's left eye. And he, yeah. if we remember Helena's cryptic lines from a couple weeks prior, um, he'll have to lose an eye to get a dragon. And here we go. Yeah. Um, so we're back in the throne room where everyone's assembled because shit just went down in the middle of the night. I think it's the middle of the night. Um, and Eamon's conditions uh, and a portion to blame here are reminded of the ways that 
a lot of crap is going down between these families and these kids. Yeah. Um, and we see Allison go full on eye for an eye and Rhaenyra pivots by calling the king's attention to the fact that Aemon treasonously questioned the parentage of Jace and calls it all out. Um, and she knows that this is a sore point for him. And he demands to know where Aemon heard such a wild accusation. And Aemon eventually points to his brother, Aegon, who then someone has rousted from his bunk bed, apparently. Um, and he goes, it's, and he says what everyone's been thinking. Duh, everyone knows because, I mean, we look have at them. <laughs> we have eyes. We can see. We, we have we two can. eyes, unlike my brother. We have two eyes. Um, and ultimately, what we're doing is we're seeing a lot of family drama come out, um, but the yeah. slander against Jason Luke, um, people's tongues would be removed typically, but Viserys' decline is proceeding at a rapid pace and Oof. a threat of a tongue lashing is not nearly enough for Alicent. Um, and she swipes Viserys' Valerian steel dagger and makes a move on Rhaenyra. Um, technically, yeah. Her son and Rhaenyra steps in the way um, and we get a nice shot, probably one of the best shots in the series so far of them staring down each other with the flames of the fireplace yeah. crackling in the background because we're reminded yeah, of the, the fire on the, the dagger. Oh, oh, so good. It's so good because it reminds them back of the prophecy and what's going on. And then what ultimately happens is she says, everyone can see you now. Yeah. And you hid behind your uh, self-righteousness. And they yes. see you for who you truly are. But then Allison draws first blood with Rhaenyra and mm-hmm. slashes her arm. So the greens have drawn first blood. Uh, you know, then it's like this sick, as you've been talking about family trauma moment where Otto visits his daughter and it's like, I've never seen you be that passion before. Like you go girl. Like it's really screwed up. Yeah. It's, I mean, they're all fucked up families, but Otto just really hammers the nail onto this coffin of her being a terrible person that she's become. And it's, she's just so vile. And I love it. I'm here for it. every I'm second, here for of, every it. second I want, of it. Yes. I just I want, want an a Allison show. Allison. Yes. yes. Every, every time. And I, we're, she's, she's going to be there. Um, yeah. And, but he reminds her that, they actually won this battle and they got Vagar away from team Rhaenyra. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge get because they're the biggest dragon. So worth the eye. Um, Leonor walks into Rhaenyra's bed chamber as he's been drunk and doing whatever he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says to him, true to form, he makes it all about him. Um, and she's definitely not having it. And she starts going on in his own sexuality and slaps him out of it. Reminding him of, his inability to do things but they have this moment where she becomes a true ally and he resolves to let sir carl go and rededicate himself to her as a true companion um if nothing else and she seems impressed and moved by this but we all know something else is afoot here because of what's been going on but the king departs Driftmark. Three dragons leave with it, including uh, two we haven't met yet. Um, this will be where we see more soon here. Um, the other dragon under new management, as we've seen with Vagar, written by Amond. Um, You'll shoot your eye out, kid, as one recapper said. I just remember of a Christmas story. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and Reyna and Damon watch them leave. And they have this hot and heavy metaphor-laden conversation about fire and Valerians being the sea and how her marriage to Leonor is just so much tepid water. Um, 
But what we ultimately see is we're getting to the proposal, which is just that Rhaenyra and Damon need to wed. And with her by with him by her side, the Greens would have a harder time questioning her right to the Iron Throne. And he points out that it couldn't happen unless Leonor, by the way, you got a husband, girl, were dead. Mm. And she's just like, whatever. <laughs> like she's yeah, like, I was just like, ah, that's a it can be fixed. That's a problem. Yeah, that it can be fixed. easily fixed. So uh we see them start hatching a plan and we're going to kind of walk through this slowly. And we see um, Damon um, flirtily nagging Sir Quarrel Corey and gives him a handful of gold to kill Leonor with a witness, enticing him for the notion of life in another way that nothing else matters but money, obviously. Yeah. And we see someone enter the Driftthrow throne room and is swiftly killed by someone who looks a lot like Damon, by the way. Um, more on that later. But then Leonor enters the Driftthrow throne room with another page in tower where so Carl is waiting for him and Carl challenges Leonor to a duel, muttering a with bunch witnesses. of shit. With witnesses. Um, his page runs off to get the guards and when the guards arrive along with Lord Corliss and Lord Rhaenyras, they find a body wearing Leonor's yeah. clothes burned to Chris, she and fucking poor, did. Poor queen, the poor queen. I know, but that was some good ass acting. Good she ass really busted her fucking Rainusti for that one. Give her a guest. Was, give her a guest Emmy nom. Yeah. Um, and clearly we know what's going on as a viewer. Maybe we're not there yet, but as the show holds, the reveal that Lenore is still alive bald and beautiful king. Um, in the final right. shot, um, we're here left with this way that. The show doesn't want to give away that Leonor isn't on the roost quite yet. And, you know, shows us that Damon is obviously the one that was doing the killing. But then we see the ultimate wedding, a safe wedding, where Damon Mm -hmm. and Rhaenyra get married um, into this weird, really tetanus-laden marriage ceremony. (laughs) People cut themselves a a lot. It's a high Valerian traditional ceremony, and which is interesting. I think it's a good choice um, or an intentional choice because Valerians are allowed to have multiple wives and husbands. Yes. So we know that her husband is still alive. So she's taken two husbands, which is actually, isn't it a departure from the books? Cause he, in the books, he, Lenor just dies. Like he dies. And in the show, they obviously changed that, which I appreciated. Yeah. They give him a happy ending. They give him a happy ending. Yeah. He goes to live his like uh, under the Tuscan sun with Carl. Uh, That's fine. One of my favorite movies. Go to free cities, baby. Go to free cities. So they get married. And then we ultimately see Leonor meeting up with his, his lover heading off to the free cities where it doesn't matter what your last name is. And you can be wherever you want to be. Cue end of episode. That's where we're at. Gaga. Hugh Lady Gaga, born this way, best life, live at Kiki. Okay, so like we covered a lot. There's a lot to unpack. So much. So much. What did you like? What did you hate? Where where the Uh, are we going? Well, specifically to this episode, and I think a uh, a well done narrative of Rainara, Rainara, Rainira. Rainira and Damon's love story, and their like this relationship is beautifully, beautifully, um, kind of like cherry on top was the sex scene on the beach while they're walking, you know, and the absolute dark. I had to turn down again. I had to turn up the brightness on my TV just to see this. But I think you get this these really great shots of Emma Darcy's face as they are. Um, having sex about to have or are starting to have sex 
And you see this, like, this satisfaction where Rhaenyra has been wanting this for years. For years. And she finally, finally gets, gets what she wants. Not what she wants, but who she wants. Because her and Damon are tied together. And this bitch loves this motherfucker. And I'm here for it. I I know that's your uncle, but... You know, is it though? I was like, rooting I mean, for them. You know, it's... It's like, I, this is the marriage we want in a weird way because we're rooting for incest. It's so fucked up. But I, I mean, I having read the book, I know where the show is going and viewers buckle up. Um, yeah. And don't get invested, girl. Like, do, like, it, that's why it's hard because you, you want to and the good people, you know, might not be so here for so long and the bad people are here for yeah. way too long that's the show and the good that, people and might not be good for long yeah because because at the beginning of the show you loved yeah. you loved alicent and everything but we see how these people are used as pawns for so many other people's joy and there's a lot going on and we have three episodes left as of this recording to really oh see where God. season one ends and then I'm so excited. I mean, this show's already huge. It's going to have like 50 yeah. different seasons, but you know, it just shows oh, you that absolutely. we're in this universe. Yeah. I think uh, House of Dragon has just done such a good job with character development. And we've seen how far Rhaenyra has come, how far Damon has come, even Alicent, and even the king, I don't know, in terms of his death. Well, he's but, he doesn't um, have an arm right now. Girl, I know his flapping sleeve when they were confronting. But yeah, I, I I still think that he, the actor who plays him is fantastic. He was giving it was giving Patty when he was yeah Patty Constantine was giving King Lear when the you know they were having the confrontation in the hall. It was just so well done, and like you see you see this boiling point come together in such a beautiful uh, beautiful set of scenes. And uh, they are, they're setting things up for a fantastic war that I think is going to be uh, very bloody. And oh, not, not just I wanted, bloody. Yeah. Oh, well, Fire and blood. A- ashy. It's going <laughs> to be ashy. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm excited to see, um, you know, we've done a great job of building these set of characters and really getting to know them and investing time in uh, developing them, but also... I want to see more of like Westeros. I want to see the North. I want to see the other players. And I think we're going to get that. I think we're going to get more of Dorne. I think we're going to get, um, you know, the Starks at one point, because I think they were in the trailer for the whole season. But um, I want to see the, the 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 grander scheme of politics that are going to play into this war. And we are getting fantastic um, character work, but... <laughs> Give me, I'm ready for that now too. I'm ready for it all, Jacob. Yeah. Well, that's it, pop the- culture theologians. I mean, you had a viral sensation co-hosting this episode today <laughs> with us. <God. laughs> I mean, I don't know what more you could ask for. It maybe the Iron Throne. Just you know, bring a cushion. Well, can I uh, insert a plug for my TikTok? You can always insert a plug. Where Jacob? Where can uh, we find you? You can find me on TikTok. My my at is Jacob Howdygee. Um, we'll post on online, but uh, two because one was taken and the name in general is just taken. So 
Jacob Howdigy too. Someone, um, who is the real me. Jacob Howdigy? Please stand up. I, I know. I'm going to look up this. I think you need now. to get a lawyer. I'm going to reach out to TikTok actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jacob, thank you for coming on the show, um, for doing all this um, and for giving us just a little bit of your, of your shade. We know you got a lot to give and viewers, uh, listeners of the show. We'll see you next week. Thank you.